Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. seriousness if we can keep the swearing to a minimum this week i know that all of you are responsible for this i am a foul-mouthed beast but i i got quite a lot of um complaints about my poor editing skills last week where i uh, i did not put in nearly as many fireballs i used up my fireball quota for the episode Mm. and i apparently needed to uh insert coin to get a second life to get more fireballs to be able to fireball the rest of the f-bombs just to just to be clear by complaints are you talking about like the tweets where people were letting you know okay good i thought you meant you got like actual blowback and i was going to be upset um but yeah, people. People. Well, there alerted. was that guy who came to my house and was very. And he <laughs> held up his. He held up his his iPod Plus HP at me, and he said, "Why, why am I still using this thing?" So yeah, that that's not a thing that happened. I actually owned an iPod Plus HP, and that was a very sad and dark time in my life. <laughs> wow, that's really. I mean, my first iPod was the third gen, and that was perfectly respectable. How did you end up with the HP one? Because that was the only one that Costco sold, and I was determined to not pay full price for it. That was that was a dark time in my life. But I did get the iPod, so it was you know I I had very little disposable income, and I had won almost enough for the iPod in um, a purely a purely legal and ethical Super Bowl Square competition of skill Mm. and and wit and determination. Why so, do I think you're lying to us? I, I, you know what? I am just giving you my facts. <laughs> oh, okay. God. Are these the alternative facts? No, they're no. not alternative facts. Your facts are the alternative facts. My facts are the real facts. Make it stop. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't use the safe word, Micah. <laughs> what is the safe word again? I forgot. Oh, you forgot. You see, now you, you, we're just going to keep on going because I don't think that you actually don't. Is it green it. M&M's? Is the safe word green M&M's? <laughs> I think the, the green M&M's means go faster. Mm-hmm. Oh, golly. Oh, okay. more diffi- I don't know. How does that work? <laughs> Stronger? So the safe word is bankruptcy. <laughs> that's, the, that's the safe word. The safe word is move on. Uh. <laughs> So oh, we, we should probably mention, because, you know, I am considerate enough to make a note of it when some of our co-hosts <laughs> are not on the show, oh, unlike some of my compatriots. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, Steve, why Micah. weren't you on the show? I just listened up to the to the end music. Um, so <laughs> Bree is still in Disney World, apparently uh, riding the Frozen ride over and over again and cursing my name because I thought it was okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, f- as a person who has n- has not feelings been to, and, and I, light and joy in your life, yeah. <laughs> no, as a person who hasn't been to Disneyland since he was what was I like four? I think it was four, um, and has never been to Disney World, which I don't know. There's some argument 
about Disneyland's and worlds, I'm sure. Oh, oh we don't, but we the, don't uh, have six hours, Micah. The, right, exactly. <laughs> so the the thing is, um, apparently there's some ride that Brie went on that involves animatronics, and it's for that, uh, that okay. m- hit movie Frozen. And yeah, I guess it was a ride that Steve thought was kind of meh, but uh, Brie said that it melted her cold heart, and it was wonderful. So she asked that in her absence, we hold a, a little trial here at the beginning of the show, uh, wherein our very special guest, Jessica Dennis, uh, plays the judge. Georgia Dow represents Brie in her absence, and Steve. Well, no, makes no, the- wait a minute. No, I have a right to confront my accuser. So, well, not today, I, I think friend. I win by default here because Breed is not here to defend <laughs> herself. I'm going to step out of this because I am not the judge or This is how any the law works the in argument. disruption land while we still have courts, okay? Jessica, what? Steve, <laughs> you just don't have any childlike wonder. Well, Ooh, no, I have true. plenty of childlike wonder. It's that's just reserved true. for rides that are not boat rides through forests of robots. That's. I, when you are traveling with three children who can't sit still for more than a microsecond, when you're and you just spent twenty minutes standing in a queue waiting to get on the boat, I Ooh, did not see anything but the but the red that was inside my eyeballs at that point. I thoroughly enjoyed Soren, which Brie also did not like. So I what? think I win. What? Okay, that's not okay. <laughs> that is so. Oh, I've wait, been wait, going. Judge Jessica, before before you begin, <laughs> would you mind, um, for, for the listeners who might not know, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, then break into that ruling if you don't mind. I mean, I guess I could introduce myself before I start yelling at everybody. Like, <laughs> Why should you? I never do. Uh, right? So anyway, I am Jessica Dennis. Uh, I'm a person. I podcast. Uh, you might have heard me on... Um, well, if you're like one of my super fans, of which there are like three... Uh, I'm one. Oh, <laughs> so there's four. Um, <laughs> you might have heard me on uh, Totally Uncool on ESN.FM. Um, I'm uh, Stephen Bree. Know me from app.net uh, back in the day. And uh, let's May see. May it rest I'm, in peace. Right. Yeah, it finally died all the way. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of sad. Poor yeah, it's out. like the um, end of Old Yeller, finally. So. <laughs> um, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> Um, it's definitely nowhere the red fern grows. Jeez, what? Oh, yeah, and uh, and also unconsolable, a podcast about mobile gaming. Oh, see, and and uh, in my head, I always pronounce it unconsolable, as a, as if there was you know the the pun to be made there. Um, well, there so is, good to know. but we like are real silent about it. Yeah, it's a um, silent pun. <laughs> it's a silent pun. <laughs> silent but deadly. Um, Oh, right. So yelling about Disney. Um, Now, Soren, which is called Soren over California, because except that that it's not anymore. Yeah, I know. But that's like total BS. I disagree with that. Well, no, Um, it it, it literally is not just over California anymore. They they actually redid it. And now it's. Yeah, but that's BS. Did you not hear the judge? It's BS. (laughs) Like. I, I, don't, have- I don't recognize the judicial system, so, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> hmm, that's, that's fine. true. Did they add new smells? Yeah, they, their, they did the add new smells. There's a, they- there's a part where there are elephants walking through the desert and there are smells there. Oh, boy. It's not the kind of smell you would, hope it, you would expect that it would be. Not, certainly not hope it would be. 
so did they? Did you're, are you? Did they? It's have not. It smells? doesn't smell like poop. Okay, it doesn't oh. smell like, poop. like it smells like peanuts. I but mean, there are actually elephants walking through the desert. Yes, or the huh. or the savanna. I suppose it was in Africa. Now right. we're talking about Soren. That's not the right. That's not the right ride or whatever you. Oh what no, you that Soren is very much the right, right ride. Soren is the best ride in in. No, Walt Disney World. we're talking about this Frozen <laughs> ride and whether or not Steve is correct in saying that it's not good. Or I'll just let it correct go, in saying that It's good. Oh god. Okay, you lose for that. Sorry. <laughs> the honorable judge Jessica will decide right. whether he loses. But I, in I my think heart, Steve, he I'm wondering if your heart is too frozen, and that's mm. why. It's difficult yeah, maybe. for you I mean, to enjoy this ride because the animatronics looks pretty good. I this thought this was spooky. disruption and not do you want to build a straw man. That's that's what oh I thought. My this God. Was. <laughs> wow. I can't take you all tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, the animatronics are really good, but that's kind of bad. In my like, I think they're they're kind of in the uncanny valley. Their movement is too smooth, but okay. they still yes. have like that cartoony face. Like, so I'm a huge Westworld fan. Like, the Westworld mm. soundtrack is my working music, which is I don't know what that says about me, but it yeah. I I kind of feel like Frozen falls somewhere in between like Pirates of the Caribbean, which is charming in its like ridiculous kind of crappiness, and then. Like Westworld, which is indistinguishable from humans, but like eh, it's it's a little creepy when their motions are perfectly smooth, but they're still like creepy. Maybe I have a plus. I hate like cold things, and I have like eighteen inches of snow in my backyard right now, and I'm like not down with the cold. Yeah. Plus, you have the whole like projecting faces as an LCD onto the heads thing, which oh, is, is that um, why they look that way? So yeah, uh, as okay. a as a third party who is separate from all of this, and that I've never seen <laughs> this or any modern Disney thing, I saw it and I thought that Brie was just incorrect in saying that it was animatronic. I was like, I don't know, I think Brie's wrong here because it looks like an LCD, like it looks the projecting video or something. Um, like the whole thing was video. But you're telling me like there is part that's actually animatronic because if so, that is friggin' creepy, and I would yeah. not want to be anywhere near that thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the actual like hand movements are, but the faces are like the faces are actually like LCDs that are projected onto the body. Moving is is real as well. The body moving is real. Yeah. Ew. Ew. But, no. But the, Ew. yeah. But the okay. actual like faces where they're talking—that's like an LCD screen on the. Oh, I'm. We should probably. I should probably put a warning in here that you know, if you have kids who think that this is real, you should probably have turned this off oh. about five minutes ago. Yeah. Um. Th- this is totally real, Oops. and the characters are there. And sp- wait, is that supposed to be like? Oh yeah, that's a thing. That's absolutely oh. a thing. Because they, so, you, you are this is like, sacred, I've like gone, the tooth fairy. Well, like I've gone on like the behind the scenes tours at Disney World. Well, like you can pay them some extra amount of money beyond the exorbitant amount of money you're right. you're already spending, Ugh. and they'll take you on like a, a backstage tour while they'll, where they'll show you like the underground subterranean lair where they pop up in costume in the world and you know talk about how they do everything and the cast members who uh, work as the characters say that they are friends with Mickey is the way that they refer to it outside of their day-to-day job so as to not uh, spoil it for any children who may be lurking around. 
they take a lot of care to make sure that I mean, it's really actually kind of impressive, like the lengths that they'll go to try to keep the illusion up, especially for the kids. But they won't even let you on that tour unless you're 16 years old for fear that they might ruin it for you. Interesting. Yeah. If you're 14 and <laughs> and, just, and I feel like, bad for the 13-year-olds. Okay, so I guess if you're a neurotypical 14-year-old, I I should make allowances yeah. for people who have more childlike wonder later in life. But like yeah, I actually I did that tour and I I really liked it. Yeah. Um, so I, wait, Steve, what are you saying about about the characters? They're not <laughs> oh no! Oh, um, no. What are you saying about I, Mickey? I'm sorry, George. George and Mickey really lives there, and then he goes. He goes into. I know uh, he does. I've been there, and I've seen Mickey, so I know <laughs> that he's there. And I think that it's wrong of you to disparage Mickey. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, he's I'm not disparaging cool. Mickey. Besides all of the copyright issues that he has created, I I think <laughs> you know. Yeah. If if I don't encourage a uh, ruling soon, we're never going to get past this and get into <laughs> the real show. So I have to ask. Um, apparently, Steve thinks that the Frozen Ride is kind of meh. I have learned that the Frozen Ride is incredibly creepy. Bree <laughs> thinks that the Frozen Ride is awesome, and Georgia thinks that everything in Disney is real. So, <laughs> Judge we Jessica, I'm uh, oh, sorry. Georgia knows that everything in Disney is Thank real. Uh, Judge Jessica. Uh, how do you rule? Is it Brie that uh, is correct in saying that it's one of the best things at, at Disney? Or is it Steve who says that there are far better things to find in the land or the world? No, no. The land is where Soren is. That's oh, true. the land. <laughs> that, is, that was super confusing to me as yeah. a kid, too. <laughs> like, what do you mean we're going to the land? I don't – we're – I thought – Especially We're in the world. My, Why are we going to the land? Why are we right. living with the land? And my dad totally calls Disney World the world. So, oh, that, like, the, yeah, that's not confusing. Was, I know, right? My my dad is kind of hilarious. Like the way he organizes <laughs> his records, they're alphabetical, but by his system. So, like, <laughs> so like the Rolling Stones are under S for stones, and like. And it's all old man. Oh, that's music. cute. Old white guy music, because um, my dad's an old white guy, which will come as a shock yeah. to everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. As far as the Frozen ride, I absolutely believe that it's the best ride for Brie. But <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The other, the other problem it. is, is that I still remember the ride that it used to be because it used to be like the the ride. To like the, through this Viking Ma- Ma- forest called the Maelstrom that ended yeah. with a really boring video that was twenty years out of date, which is why they finally <laughs> like dethemed it and made it into a frozen ride. So like I still know where those waterfalls are, and it's like okay, well they just take did this, and I mean it's it's very impressive, but it's still just a boat ride through animatronics. But and and I'd also wrote, rode Soren before that, and Soren is the best thing ever. Soren's really good. So. So the ride is the best. The ride is the best for Brie. Uh, <laughs> and Soren has great smells, but no elephant poo. No. And everything <laughs> in Disney is real if you're Georgia Dow. All righty, moving uh, right along. I think, you know what, uh, Micah? I think we can end this on a positive note. I think we can all agree that Star Tours is fantastic. Oh, sure. no, no. I don't know what it is, but Star Tours makes me puke. I oh, cannot. Okay, never mind. Sorry. I absolutely can't do those shaky room rides. Like, my whole family, we just can't. We get so sick. 
But it even made oh, Gungans, no. it, Gungans interesting for like five minutes, which is impressive Who? in and of itself. Nothing. You have to take you have to take <laughs> some ginger before you go yeah. on them. Yeah, Gumby's you, you, you have right? to take Georgia Dow's prescription of ginger that she prescribes for everything from from uh, <laughs> from motion sickness <laughs> VR. To, to broken arms. To cruises. To broken yeah. arms. Yeah, exactly. It's Windex. Just rub some ginger on it and you're all better. And I just I ate it all. Like I meant to use it with um with our vibe and I just like ate it. Yes, ginger is so <laughs> you have good. a vibe? I do. Oh um, god, we have to move on. No, Sorry. no vibe talk. Now, no that's vibe it. Talk. Don't get talk about the vibe started. for the rest of the show. <laughs> okay, so we are going to talk about the I think it's pronounced Cavo Cavo streaming box. We are going to talk about whitewashing in media including uh, Ghost in the Shell and the Grammys. And then we are going to round things out by talking about Marshmallow Run. So, let Let's get going. Up first, we have the Cavo streaming box. Uh, this is a magical box of wonderment that promises to take all of your different set-top boxes, your Apple TVs, your Blu-ray devices, your Xboxes, your Playstations, uh, your Beanie Babies. No, wait, not that. Um, and it takes the HDMI plug-in, and then it automatically knows what you want to watch. So an example of this is I could say I want to watch uh, Stranger Things on Netflix. And I have, I don't know, four boxes plugged in, but I've said that like the Apple TV is the, the device that I want to use the most. So it'll automatically pop, pop, pop right into Apple TV and pull the stream uh, from the Netflix app so that it can start playing Stranger Things. Now, when they gave this demo and the Verge's, or sorry, at the Recode conference, uh, it was sort of... Um, uh, they were playing coy uh, on what exactly they were doing, but it turns out, like most modern things, there is some artificial intelligence, uh, sort of, like machine learning stuff. Basically, it is literally looking at the HDMI uh, stream that comes in and using that to start to build kind of a profile on you and then also help make the decisions on what devices it'll be playing from. So now it's time for me to ask, would any of you use this? What? I'm still stuck at what problem is it solving? Okay, I'm, well, gl- I'm not the only one then. Okay, good. Oh, man, let me tell you guys. So am I there the only one? No, I know Brie has a thousand devices. I'm not the only one, but she's not here. So I'm going to have to stand up for consumer whores everywhere. I <laughs> So connected to my television downstairs, there is the cable box, we have Fios, um, an Apple TV, the PS4, an Xbox One. I own a Roku, and I have an Amazon Fire Stick. And a home theater PC and is that everything? That might be everything. Anyway, that's a crap load of devices. Um, And so when we want to watch something, we have to kind of like – so we have a Harmony remote, which is basically the best um, universal remote that you as a consumer can get that doesn't cost like $1,000, which controls – so we can control all of those devices except the Apple TV with this one remote. And that's nice, but, um, like, I want to watch a thing. I have to know which device has the service for it, and I have to, like, turn that one on. And the Apple TV, of course, is a pain in the butt because Apple. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's actually um, the article that that Steve uh, posted 
was uh, really interesting how they get around the fact that you can't do anything on the Apple TV, like how it actually controls the Apple TV to get to the Netflix app and play your show is really fascinating. Um, and it's it's basically like, well, that, that um, visual analytics thing, which is so like dang the amount of programming that went into this thing but anyway so you have a million devices i like it would be super if i could just talk into the remote like they do in this little demo video and say uh watch westworld and it would know okay you want to use the hbo go app on your apple tv and i don't have to think about that i don't have to like deal with the with the i don't even have to deal with the apple tv remote so i don't have to like locate that tiny thing i can just tell my tv like you could just tell your tv what you want to watch and it'll like put it on for you that's wonderful does it turn on the tv it does yes yeah it does yes. yeah and off like why <laughs> would you ever turn off your tv Oh, I hope it operates oh, come on, our Steve. sound system as well, because that, of course, also <laughs> it's has supposed a to have switching. a plug-in for um, uh, the the it has a jack plug-in. I don't know if it has like a uh, any of the like component plugins or anything like that, but I know it has the jack. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you actually. I'm not, I'm not a huge, like I don't have a bunch of, um, devices, uh, that, you know, can play content, but I do have an Apple TV and then my, uh, living room TV is, uh, smart. I don't really use the smart features, but it is smart. Um, we have a Wii U. I am about to have a Chromecast cause I am uh, getting a Google home. Um, and so there are a few different you know, devices that get hooked up to it. And I think the most important thing here is what other services have kind of failed on and what I could foresee this actually doing a good job is, again, with just saying, hey, this is what I want to watch and it takes care of all the rest for you. If I don't have to worry about any sort of... I mean, because... Right now, the Apple TV, if you use Siri with it, it is pretty good. But because it doesn't have tie-ins, like direct tie-ins to things like Netflix, and it doesn't have any tie-ins to things like Amazon, um, you aren't getting to all of the content. And that's what Apple was honestly trying to do with the TV app that's now on iOS devices and on the Apple TV. But it is still not there yet because they don't have all of those deals in place. So this circumvents the deals because it's doing smart machine goodness and uh <laughs> well, you know that's not debatable. A, true yeah. true uh and if it yeah, actually works when badness. it's not through a control demo sure yeah ding 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 um yeah so if it is successful and it can actually do what it says it can do uh i think that's pretty nifty uh because i would love to just kind of not worry about anything because when i uh at least for me i don't know about all of you but when i'm watching shows you know it used to be like you would just sit down in front of the tv and flip through the channels or you had like your specific programming that came on at specific times back in my day but these yeah. days it's like hey i want to watch this and then you go find it and watch it and you know recommendations help you find new shows but mostly it's like i feel like watching blank and the answer always in my head head is i feel like watching the office but that's beside the point uh so yeah i think that that would be really cool but georgia like the fact that it turns on the tv that's what sells it for you <laughs> yeah well you know i like it has to be something that's that that really saves me time and effort if i'm gonna like my the answer to having too many boxes that that control my tv is get another box um but it's one box it to makes rule them it, all georgia <laughs> well there we go and if it will turn on the tv for me 
and give me the shows that I want and know which I can program in, which interface I prefer watching each show. That would be really good. If it actually changes it to be, this is your primary use machine, so it's like Apple TV for everything and then other things, and then I'm going to have to, if I want to watch, you know, on something else, you know, whatever show it is, I have to change that, then this has become completely useless. Uh, it's on a per app basis. So you would say that your preferred Netflix box would be your um, your Apple TV, whereas your preferred Amazon box would be literally anything else. <laughs> um, so in that sense, I mean, it, I, it, it's not per show. Um, I thought it was per show that like per, it tied each show to a device. Like it remembered like if you like to watch Stranger Things on the on the the Apple TV and you like to watch Westworld on the oh, Xbox One, then it would switch to that. That's true because it'll search the first time and then you choose one and then it knows you watch that on that. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Steve. and then I'm, and then if it and then if you pull it out, if it if it's no longer there, then it does the search again and finds another place to watch it. I just this is like the worst of Internet of Things nonsense for oh. this is like this is like the firstest of first world problems that this thing is solving like that's, well, that's we true. have these problems no that okay is, so yeah so I, i'm and i'm not meaning to disparage anyone on who <laughs> you would never do like that it. steve would never do that who could reach through the skype call and throttle me at this moment but i, I mean at the end of the day right How many normal, non-geek people have more than one or maybe two boxes that they watch video content on? Like not not hooked up to the television, right? Because it's it's a real thing that multiple people have multiple video game consoles. Like I'm I'm living proof of that. I've got my share of boxes too, but at the end of the day. Like all video gets gets consumed through my Xbox One, like ninety nine percent of it, and I don't switch to other things unless like we're watching a Blu Ray on the PlayStation because it happens to be connected to a different television, right? And I I don't think that I'm the outlier there. I think that a lot of people do, and it's all it it almost feels like it's Apple's fault for being so obstinate as to not allow like these couple of other channels onto their box and not opening iTunes content up to other boxes that's creating this scenario because really the problem is the Apple TV here like everything else there there are i mean unless you're watching some like weird PlayStation exclusive fake superhero show that lasted for like 3 episodes or whatever on PSN like are there any video channels that don't exist on every other box except for the Apple mm. TV? Like, is there anything that, like, Amazon, that the Amazon Fire TV has that, say, a Roku doesn't? That's I mean, because obviously iTunes is, the, iTunes is the outlier, but other than iTunes. That's a really good point. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a good thing that the first part of the show is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that is actually a really good point. It kind of is uh, Apple TV being the walled garden. Um and, you know, in fact, during the show, they talk, they like make a joke about it. Uh, sorry, during the, the code media show is what I'm talking about. They make a joke about how Apple TV is showing up right next to Amazon. Um, I still, 
Uh, it's true that the, those things are, are on other devices, but it also kind of depends on, you know, where you do a lot of that watching to and what you have logged in and, uh, you know, what's convenience. And when you think about something like a, so let's say, you know, most people, I don't know, this is a case study. We've got somebody who has a Blu-ray player and there are certain shows that they don't want to watch anywhere else except for on a Blu-ray player. And then there is, there are shows that they've downloaded that they've purchased through iTunes. So they've got that. And then because they have a Google home and they like the cool stuff that you can do with an Android device coupled with uh, Chromecast and Chromecast audio, yada, yada, yada. They've also got a Chromecast. So, you know, I could see those three different things existing and they all offer sort of different types of content um, that isn't necessarily something where, you know, the app has to be on all the platforms, but is instead based on like literal content uh, type where Blu-ray is hardware or not hardware, but it's, you know, it's a disc physical. Uh, and then you've got your digital stuff with iTunes and um, I don't know that, I guess, screen sharing that you would do with the Chromecast. Uh, so there, yeah, there's some, some stuff here, but I don't know. Maybe that's what this device is supposed to be marketed to. It's not for the you know the norms. It's for, well, for the the nerds. It's four hundred dollars, so yeah. it's not it's not for the norms for sure. I, it's prob honestly, it's probably not even for me. And I'm like really close to its use case, which is not a good sign. Yeah, I, I mean, so, so here, here's my here's my problem, and and I'm going to come back to yelling at Apple as I usually do. Okay, oh, because <laughs> it's really Apple that's creating the need for this problem for this product, right? Uh, at the end of the day, because you have people who want to use who want to use iTunes to rent movies, and then they actually want to watch things on Amazon every so often, and. Uh, you know, and that's why they're they're having to switch between two devices. Or maybe you have live TV and you can't get live TV into Apple TV or whatever. Apple in in walling this off is actually creating a security problem that Apple's supposed to be protecting us from. Like Apple's main uh, selling point of late is that it is going to be the more secure platform. It's going to think of security above all else. So now, because they're either not op- not having access to all the channels that other people want to consume on their box, like like Amazon Prime Video, or they're not opening up iTunes to be available on other platforms, what's going to happen is that this company is going to come in and they're going to do what sounds like some super creepy stuff with the video that you're watching in order to allow you to be able to control multiple boxes. Because basically what they're doing is the same thing that Vizio just got smacked down in court for, which Mm. is sampling the video that's playing on your television and then using that to figure out like what box you're on and to be able to navigate the, the UI. Right. That is exactly what I meant by debatable a couple minutes ago. That is, that's the big creepy part. Yeah. And and so once they're doing that, what's to say, what else they're doing with that? Again, what else are they doing with that data? Are they selling that to other companies to subsidize their development? Are they going to get bought by Facebook and then have all that data available to them (laughs) and then start doing creepy things with it? You don't know. And that's the problem is that by now, 
Apple TV is cr- Apple by by keeping their services walled off and creating the need for multiple boxes to be connected to your television to watch the video where you want to watch it. They're creating the scenario where third parties are coming in doing potentially creepy things with your video with your content, and then you have also have to give them access to all of your accounts in order to make this work because they need to know which services you have installed and and where your accounts are so that you can watch them. And now that's all in the hands of a third party who may not be doing anything nefarious with it now, but may get bought by somebody who plans to do something nefarious with it in the future. So ultimately, Apple's creating a problem here, and they they really need to think about how many Apple TVs are they really selling? And is that worth the scenario that they're creating to keep all of this content walled to their Apple TV and or keep other services like Amazon selectively out of it. <sighs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> That's, I mean, yeah, yeah. Everything you've said is is true and fair. Um, and I am realizing, like, I don't really need to uh, stand up for this device. <laughs> there's, there's a reason why I should be, like, arguing for yeah. the... Uh, it's... I think it's a good idea um, in terms of yeah. if you if you're someone who has a bunch of different boxes um, and you know as cord cutters are uh, realizing that they uh, kind of have to have a bunch of different services in order to actually cut the cord. Um, this is something that starts to make sense. But as you say, if we have uh, some devices that will just kind of open up a little bit to something, uh, then then it makes things a little bit easier and we don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's a cool idea and it's certainly a beautiful device. Yeah, it uh, looks very pretty. It's got lots of wood. It's got lots. It, it, it does have lots of wood, Steve. Yes. I don't like the wood thing. I'm gonna, really? I oh. am going to be a wood contrarian. I don't like it. I, they, <laughs> there are three different kinds of wood, but I like shiny plastic, apparently. <laughs> shiny plastic. <laughs> like what? Like what kind? Not even metal. Color? I thought you. Were, I totally thought you were gonna go so for like I. steel. Shiny metal. Like oh, steel. Oh, She's like, I like aluminum. I like all of my electronics Chrome. caked in lead so that Superman can't see what I'm up to. Oh, Do oh not Steve. expect the plastic. I, I, gotta, thing. I gotta tell you something about lead, Steve. Yeah, it's uh, bad for you. It's very, very bad uh, for you. Well, no, uh, as, long, as long as I keep it on my devices and not in my paint, I'm all, I'm all good. Oh right, yeah. that's how that works. Yeah, certainly doesn't. Uh, yeah, and then I'm also skin. I also am going to uh, paint the numbers on my watch in radium so that they glow. Oh nicely. yeah, good idea. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, glowy. <laughs> and your hat will be lined with mercury. Yes, and and the and the streets will be paved with gold. So, Micah, should, do you want to? Speaking of streets being paved with gold, you want to tell us about something that's awesome? Let me tell you about how you can paint your digital streets with all the gold in the world. This episode of Disruption, <laughs> that is not guaranteed. This episode of Disruption <laughs> is brought to you by our dear friends at Squarespace. Squarespace. There it is. Enter offer code disruption at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. So you're going to make your next move. 10%. You are going to make your next move with Squarespace. Let me tell you about it. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea. And with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and loads more, it's going to be awesome. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog about gold-lined streets or nail polish. You can do that. Nail- 
Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do all of that. There's nothing to install. You don't have to worry about patches. You don't have to worry about upgrades. Squarespace takes care of all of that stuff. It is worry-free. And is it, and is it true, Micah, that if they sign up now, you will actually design their site for them? That is not true. You didn't hear that here, folks. They have <laughs> award-winning 24-7 customer support, though. So if you need any help with designing, somebody who works for Squarespace, who is not me, might be able to help you out with that. They let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of those award-winning templates that I did not design are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I use Squarespace for, like, I think I have four sites running on the thing right now. Never had a problem with them. Uh, what I love is that any time I've wanted to, I can go go in and get really fidgety with the code and start changing things around. And uh, Squarespace handles it like a champ. I think a lot of the the platforms today where you, you you pay $4 a month or whatever, it ends up being you have like no control over it and your site looks exactly like somebody else's. So that's what I really love about Squarespace is that you can go in and make some adjustments. Squarespace plans start at just 12 bucks a month. And you can start a trial without a credit card by going to squarespace.com and win you do decide to sign up, because I promise you will, you are going to use the offer code disruption and you are going to get 10% off your first purchase. And by doing that, you're going to be showing your support for this show and potentially having me design Squarespace templates in the future. If <laughs> and Georgia if you don't gets have a way. credit card, Micah will lend you his. Right? <laughs> that is that actually is true. And, and Micah uh, will we... also come, up, come to your house and personally hook all of your devices up to whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it, uh, privacy invasion system you'd like to hook them up to. Yes. True. Yes. <laughs> we thank Squarespace for their support, uh, for dealing with our shenanigans. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Thank you, Squarespace. Yeah. Thank you, Squarespace. Squarespace. And they and spelled it beautiful. N- it used to be, and uh, that is no more. But you still can. Sometimes build it people want to make it not move. beautiful. Yeah, well, that's you, know, you know what? You don't. There's no judgment here. If you want to make an ugly website, like, <laughs> celebrating you, the Squarespace ugly will make that very difficult because everything is beautiful by default. But if you want to make an ugly website, I'm sure that there are ways to do it with Squarespace. If that's yeah, your prerogative, I, like you we know, don't you discriminate do here. We don't judge. We only things. judge about Disney taste. We don't judge about right. about web design. <laughs> We do a well, lot of judging on this show, to be fair. We, we, do, we do our fair amount of judging. Yeah. <laughs> but not about, not about what you want to build with your Squarespace site. Um, but it's time to judge the media because <laughs> the, the media has a little, has a little big problem. Uh, a big little problem. A little big problem. And that is whitewashing. You ever heard of it? It's where everything is very white and, uh, diversity <laughs> is not important. Um, so, you, Georgia, you started. Um, you started this. No, you you brought on this topic by. <laughs> how, dare how dare you, Georgia? First of all, how dare you? Uh, no, you right, brought on right, this topic right. by talking about uh, or by sharing a link to Scarlett Johansson's response um, to her being cast in Ghost in the Shell. So, uh, let me give a little brief thing here. Uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, was a manga or manga or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. You pronounce it however you like. Your lovely, beautiful people, uh, which is basically like a Japanese comic book. And it became a movie some six years later. Well, now... It is a movie that's going to be made here in the U.S., live action, um, and it turns 
out that the main character, who is definitely not a white woman with Danish and Polish heritage like Scarlett Johansson, um, is going to be played by Scarlett Johansson, a Danish and Polish white woman born in Manhattan. Um, so yeah, she is going to be playing the role and people were like, look, this is not great because there are plenty of Japanese actors who could have been cast in this role. Um, one other thing that I want to note is that there were some murmurings, some mumblings, some uh, heard it through the grapevines about Paramount Pictures allegedly uh, going to make Scarlett Johansson appear more Asian using post-production oh, uh, techniques. Don't yeah. do that. Because um, that makes now, everything better. Oh, my God. Well, now, let me, let me just say here, I, like, th- this is very important. Who knows exactly, you know, whether that was a thing or not. I just want to, I just want to read. There was a statement from Paramount Pictures that said a test was done related to a specific scene for a background actor, which was ultimately discarded. Absolutely no visual effects tests were conducted on Scarlett's character and we have no future plans to do so. So the production company says it didn't. There were rumors that they did. Um, I just wanted to get both of those out there and uh, you can decide for yourself. But yeah, uh, Georgia, you know, you, you shared this topic. Um, tell me a little bit about your thoughts. Well, okay. So, so, you know, there's a lot of, it's, it's so epidemic. And I think that you should be, uh, the person that says that whitewashing is good. Right. Um, I mean, I right. do think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also am going to set Just up people's to devices and give my credit card. Right. Know, maybe there's, maybe there's some good reasons to this. But no, in, in Hollywood, there's there's tons of whitewashing. Like the, you don't see people of color uh, or ethnicity for a very long time. Very rarely, if they're playing, they're playing the bad guy or they're dealing with the characters. And if you see, um, you know, um, the Lone Ranger and Tonto's being played by um, uh, Johnny Depp, and it's just, I'm so sick of seeing characters not played in the proper ethnicity. And I think that. So Scarlett Johansson's response was that, you know what, I would, okay, so this is what she said. I certainly would never presume to play a person of another race or a race of another person. Diversity is important in Hollywood, and I would also never want to feel like I was playing a character that was offensive. And then she goes on to say that what this is truly about is about feminism, and there's very few really strong female characters, and also talks then about the issue of pay. It's a really big deal. And we, we've spoken a lot about growing up and not having um, dolls that are, you know, that reflect you and not having characters that play. And I think that a lot of times feminism is often only about white women feminism and we kind of lose touch. So she's kind of missing the main point of that. It's a really important thing to be able to see people that represent you and then to take characters that are of a certain ethnicity and then to then have a character that's and the, the reason that they chose her was because she's a very big star and she's probably going to bring things in. So I, I can understand that monetary want, but I think that they're missing the main point of being able and how empowering that is to see, you know, people that are a wide range of diversity dealing with the characters that their race actually represents. It seems pretty straightforward that, I mean, well, gee, if, if there were only, you know, Asian actresses to choose from, except, oh, wait, there are. and there Yes, and some really amazing totally. actresses. Like Scarlett Johansson, she's a fine actress, 
there are so many white lady parts that she could be playing that it really does feel like she's taking something away from people of color mm-hmm. by playing mm-hmm. this role. Now, and then to to pivot away from, well, I, you know, I think this is fine. Yay, feminism, rah, rah, equal pay is like, I don't know if she's being disingenuous, but it seems that way. Because um, that, like, people t- talking about racial diversity is not the time to bring up white women feminism. That's just... <laughs> that's just so uncool like i i don't as a white person i can definitely say that we white people have a real problem with wanting everything to be about us like even in and i haven't seen this yet but um i've read about it even in hidden figures they have this like white male savior who tells the women that they can use the closest bathroom to them that did not happen that 100 percent did not happen they interviewed the woman who the main character was based on, she's still alive. And she decided that she, when she had to go to the bathroom, she would just go to the bathroom. That was totally her. And, and, and the filmmaker was like, well, we wanted to present this and show the, you know, the bad things that were going on at the time. I'm like, okay, but you are literally disempowered. You're like retroactively disempowering the star, the, the person upon whom the star of your movie is based. Why? Yeah. Uh, in fact, there was some, I can't, I, I don't know the exact quote, so I'm not going to, you know, attempt it and get it wrong. But, um, basically the, you know, the, the, the theme of the decision for that was that, um, there needed to be a white hero as well because we yeah. need that. Right, because um, there's not enough white heroes in yeah. Hollywood yet. So thank God honestly, I was thank God that white people were represented. Honestly, what it is is um, that that show or that movie um, is. I mean, just to put it plainly, it can be very uncomfortable for white people. Um, Try you know basically seeing uh, at least in term whenever you know they're dis- discriminated against and and that kind of thing they need a bit of uh, relief and to to you know right. feel like oh everything's fine and I I have my comfort back now because right because well, uh, would be really horrible to learn some empathy <laughs> right <laughs> for what other people must go through you want some relief go do some good in the world like you don't have to not everything has to be easy and comfortable for you just because you're a white person. Isn't are you it sure? Well, <laughs> I mean, our entire society is set up based on that premise, but um, you know, it would be nice if we could maybe examine that a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I think that everybody is uh, basically hitting the nail on the head in terms of what I see about this, which is. Yeah, this was one of those uh, sleight of hand tricks where there's some real legitimate criticism happening. And so I don't know what to say. So I'm going to talk about how this is good for feminism, which is incredibly important. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that uh, we are seeing women in roles where they are empowered and, you know, especially with this character, a very, very strong, very, very awesome, uh, frankly, uh, role. And that's all well and good. But, you know, Scarlett, that's that's not the conversation that we were having. (laughs) And that's where the frustration comes into play and where, you know, the eye rolling, at least for me, is like, that's not what we were talking about, though. Like, yes, I get what you're saying, but as you said, 
I like Scarlett Johansson is brilliant. I love Scarlett Johansson and she has played some really awesome roles and really diverse roles and she could get loads and loads of gigs doing other things. And by accepting this and not saying, let's look elsewhere that's where she kind of failed, I think, in terms of feminism and in terms of, you know, fighting back against whitewashing, because that is one, you know, if there was any advice or, uh, I don't know, suggestions I could give for my fellow white folk, it is that, you know, in situations where you feel that you are, through your privilege, getting these opportunities, um, a really awesome thing you can do is say, uh, you know, I, I think that's great and I'm glad that you considered me, but why don't we consider and, you know, <laughs> name some of your friends, right. name some people like, that make sense for that role. There was uh, a tweet that flew by not too long ago where um, a man, a white man was asked <laughs> to create artwork for a show for uh, people of color. And he was like, what, why are you asking me, a white person, to make the artwork for the show that is about people of color and then gave them a list of people that were way more qualified to do that in many ways and also were people of color and awesome. you know thank goodness they listened and they followed through and there is now a person of color creating that artwork but wow, the, oh great. man the, the, that that's like it's a small thing but it's a big thing and that's something it's a that big thing actionable it's a big anybody thing. can sometimes do. you need to step aside I, and i think that that's very hard for people um, and, you know, Scarlett Johansson speaking out, it benefits her. So really what she says is is almost a moot point because it benefits her herself. And I think that, you know, sometimes you need to step aside and let someone else have their voices heard. Yeah. And it's also I mean, it's clear that, you know, nobody involved really just even thought about it. Or if they did think about it, there's probably some sort of an unconscious feeling that they need to have white people in those roles in order to broaden the appeal of the property. That's that's a good that's a true point Steve because they said and and this is after the fact when when people actually started speaking up and saying, "Well, wait a second, what are you doing here?" is they said that, "Well, you know, we really wanted to make sure that the the movie made money." Yeah. And exactly. if we didn't have a white person as the lead, it might make less money. Yeah. And they said that they, but they didn't say it was for themselves because they're greedy. They yeah. said that that was because then you know we wouldn't be able to this this movie that's really important wouldn't be seen by a broad audience. Yeah, right. And, yeah. yeah, and and I mean this was it's just reminding me of there was an article about um, one of the recent Nielsen ratings talking about um, show TV shows uh, like Blackish, for example, and and a couple of others that are starring a predominantly. Uh, cast is probably made up made up of people of color, and that those are ha- those are bringing in a predominantly non-black viewership. Like the the article that I'm looking at says that Blackish has 79 percent of its viewership is not black. Which I mean, Blackish is one of the best shows on television, first of all. Um, and it's it's really it's proving that you don't need to make a show that only appeals to a particular. Uh, you know, a particular group of people just because you have people of, you know, stars who, right. who look like that. And, uh, you know, on the flip side, this was something that I had thought about a lot in terms of like the, the ABC has a a series of comedies. It, they were they're 
their comedies are really very diverse. There's a um, there's Blackish. There's uh, Fresh Off the Boat, which is uh, a story of an Asian family in the in the 90s in Orlando. There's uh, Speechless, which stars which is a family of a the oldest son has cerebral palsy, and they kind of they ha- they bring in somebody to speak for him. Um, and the one that was most relevant to me was Goldberg's, which is the a story of uh, a show about a Jewish family in the 80s, which is, you know, me, um, except that they went literally two and a half seasons before acknowledging that the family was Jewish. What? Like, really? Like, they hinted no. at it. They hinted at it really strongly. Like, they would they, – they used Yiddish words every so often – um, like they would, they would talk. Did they around celebrate it. Shabbat? No. Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have anyway because that's. Um, I didn't either when I was, you know, growing up. Okay. Um, but it it kind of got to the point where, like, around the the middle of the third season, I'm like, this is starting to get weird now because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. they say that you know it's it's done by a Jewish man recounting his youth. Like they show videos of like his home videos that he took in the eighties that kind of based all the episodes on. And it's like, and you, you say that you're proud of your heritage, but there's literally nothing. And then eventually the middle of the way through the third season, they did a, a, they did an episode about Hanukkah and how the mother was trying to make super Hanukkah to compete with Christmas and so she did everything up with like like it was Christmas, but blue. And then the grandfather had, you know, came in dressed as Santa, but he's like the ghost of Christmas future. And he's like all mad and, and about them selling out their their heritage to, um, you know, because they want to fit in and, and actually talked about the the struggle of assimilation. And finally, it's like, OK, this is like what I've been waiting for for three years. And I, since that episode, I felt really strongly with it. But it was it was almost a conscious decision on their part to make the family even more secular than they already were and like not acknowledge anything other than sly references for the first two full seasons of the show to make it more appealing to a non-Jewish audience because they didn't want it to be you know that they didn't they didn't want that to be what the show was about i think that they also assumed that that would um offend people or turn people off or not watch the show they made that assumption in that choice right or or they said or they said something like they wanted it to be more universal and uh, you know yeah. fine but at the same time you know you can do more than just that and they they, ha- they have gotten better since then Humanity is universal. Like right. they, the fact that they're humans living together and are a family and have, I don't know, family concerns and, you know, family, mo- like that, that's what makes it universal. Everybody can relate to that. And what we need is not hiding all of that stuff behind mm-hmm. uh, jokes and innuendo. What we need is to show that stuff because that's what shows other people. Yeah. Again, it all comes back to empathy, for goodness sake. When we show that, you know, where everybody's just normal and then like you're just like me and I'm just like you and we kind of really do a lot of the same things that's whenever we realize that hey you know I I can accept these people for who they are and that's that's really frustrating that they felt like they needed to to keep that kind of buried for so long or you know even if it wasn't uh absolutely intentional or whatever the the idea that it needed to be buried or just hinted at instead of just come out and say it. And two, that's what keeps all of these 
keeps all of these things as like statement pieces as opposed to just being, I don't know, regular sitcoms. Like I, yeah. I still get frustrated at the idea that, you know, if they, I was just thinking about this the other day, if there was a show that came out and it was, uh, just like a, just a, the most normal, most boring, most, uh, salting crackerish show in terms of being, you know, just uh, a funny show, but it featured a gay couple or it featured an all black family or it featured, um, you know, immigrants or it featured a Muslim family, what have you, then that show is suddenly a statement piece and it's not just a show when in reality, like, that's just what everyday life is, and we mm-hmm. have yeah. those. It's it's that like that oh, that frustrates me so yeah. much. Yeah. I can't just be you know be a normal thing. It's like that show that I recommended to you, Mike, uh, Vicious, which is Ian oh, McKellen hilarious. and uh, David Jacoby as this like a, a gay couple that's been together for fifty years, but they're still like the one of them still hasn't come out to his mother, and they're kind of keeping it hidden, and they're still like quote unquote friends, and but. It, it's a funny show and it's and that stuff comes up, but it's not about that all the time either. And it's it's amazing. It, I mean, you know, Ian McKellen, you, I'd watch him pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. But Ian McKellen, like given full, uh, you know, full reign to just be hilarious, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not about those types of things. And it's not a, it's not a statement show. It's just a, a hilarious show about that particular scenario. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what we need, but we need more of that, and we're I think we're getting there, especially with the stuff on ABC. But it's it, you know it's the fact that that stuff is noteworthy that it, yes. that there's so few of them. To its credit, Blackish does a really good job of having like teachable moments, knowing that they have a majority non-black audience to do their part to like communicate what these what what like current things are like or what life is like for a black family you know, in a, in a majority white country. And, and I think I that thought, that's really, I don't know if that's how accurate it is. Cause I can't speak to that obviously, but it feels to me like that's, it, it helps, you know, my empathy, you know, in every little bit that they do that. Absolutely. Georgia, you were going to say something. Yeah. I, I well, I think that that's, that's what people like we need to show so that people understand differences are one. Okay. Not scary things. And two, how how similar we all are, and so you need to take yeah. that that step outside of your comfort zone so that you can realize that. And I think that that's what changes racism and sexism and all the other isms is when you realize, oh, we're all human with the same type of thoughts. Yeah. Um, CNN had a really great piece on um, the first time I realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was people discussing how what it was like the first time that they realized that they were different um and you know they they talk about the first time i realized that i was black and what was that like in that experience and it's really beautifully said because it's everyone's different experiences to that and and i think that it's it's really important because i think that when you come from a place of privilege you just assume that everyone else lives this privileged life as well and they realize that, oh, yay, I'm on the top of the pecking order. And yay. And that's what everyone else goes through. And I, I think that it, it really, we, we need to have these discussions more so that people get that, oh, my goodness, the, these things actually happen. Um, 
Absolutely. I, I want to move on to talk about uh, the the Grammys here before we, we run out of time so we can wrap things up with the Marshmallow Run game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Grammys just happened and um, there were, there's been some, some talk for quite a while about uh, how the Grammys continues to be uh, a very white award show. And um, this year, Beyonce, um, if you haven't heard of her, look her up. Uh, um, who is she, this Beyonce who you speak of? I've not, I've not, I'm not familiar with this artist. Don't break my heart, friend. Um, Beyonce's Lemonade um, was up for several awards, and she ended up winning. I can't even remember the name of it because it's got so many different like descriptors added on. It's like urban. Oh goodness, uh, I, I can't remember at the moment. But basically. She she won an award that typically ends up going at the Grammys to people of color okay. year after year. And it's Urban kind of like contemporary album is the category that she won for urban yes. contemporary album, which is uh, year after year, an award that goes out to uh, people of color. And it's kind of like the, Oh, we give them this award and then we give the main awards to uh, white people. And I, you know, this is not just something that, you know, people are saying, uh, there was a tweet that went out and we'll include it in the show notes. And, uh, here it is 2013 Mumford and Sons over Frank Ocean, 2014 Daft Punk over Kendrick Lamar, though to be fair, Daft Punk's album that year was pretty awesome. 2015 Beck over Beyonce, 2016 Taylor Swift over Kendrick Lamar, 2017 Adele over Beyonce year after year. Uh, the Grammys are so doggone white. Um, we're also going to post a link in the show notes that shows going back many, many years, how, uh, uh, people of color continue to get snubbed. Um, I want to read just one quote from Adele who, so Adele, by the way, she won, uh, album. Was it, is it called album of the year? Um, if there's they she have both yeah. like album of the year and record of the year, and I have no idea what the hell the difference is yeah. between the two yes. of them. So uh Adele once again did a fantastic job uh at the Grammys. And look, I love Adele. I absolutely love Adele. Um if there was no problem with uh you know, actually regardless of the fact that there's a problem uh with white people winning, I think Adele is is wonderful. And even if there wasn't, and I, you know, as much as I love Beyonce, I still I still think that Adele is great. So like there's no salt in my heart over the of the fact that Adele won. It's just this this pattern that exists. And I think Adele did a really good job of kind of explaining um, what the Lemonade album meant to a lot of people and uh, what it meant to me. So there's a line in here and it says, I can't possibly accept this award. And I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful and gracious. But my artist of my life is Beyonce. And this Mm -hmm. album to me, the Lemonade album, is just so monumental. Beyonce, it's so monumental and so well thought out and so beautiful and soul-bearing. And we all got to see another side to you that you don't always let us see. And I'm going to put a little uh, dot, dot, dot here. And the way that you make me and my friends feel, the way you make my black friends feel is empowering. And you make them stand up for themselves and I love you. I always have and I always will. So <laughs> getting a little emotional there because right. um, 
it was a beautiful album. Um, I don't know if any of you had a chance to watch any of the, the actual movie that went along with the album. I watch it regularly. It's gorgeous. Uh, it talks about Beyonce and her husband and the, uh, the struggles that they went through together, um, when there was some unfaithfulness in their relationship and how they got through that. But it also features, uh, people of color who have, dealt with some some pretty terrible things uh, in the media and in life. Uh, it features several people, several moms who lost their sons to police shootings. And it features um, some some black women who were criticized in the media. And it, it's it's just it's a very powerful, very moving film. And the album is incredible. So it is fascinating and um, a little bit uh, a thinking face emoji that, uh, again, this year, uh, the album was lost to a person who is not a person of color. And the fact that Adele herself was like super apologetic that she won instead of Beyonce, I think, says something. So, yeah, uh, that's that's where I stand on the whole thing. I love Adele and she's beautiful. And what she said was uh, very powerful. And I'm so happy that she said what she did. And I will always love Adele, even if she did beat out Beyonce in this. Um, but there there's there's a there's a problem here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you when you have you know predominantly old white people doing the voting, then mm. they're going to have a point of view, and it's. Advice. I mean, you, ultimately, I think you need to get a more diverse group of people who are doing the voting in order to mm-hmm. get more diverse results. I mean, as much as much as I like some of those artists who did win, like that doesn't mean that they're more deserving, and I think you need to have a better. You know, first of all, the Arcade Fire should never win anything ever. But, um, uh, but, uh, you know, you need to have a more diverse group of people doing the voting in order to get more diverse results. And and ultimately, if the, you know, and this is the problem with the Oscars last year, too, with the Oscars. So Oscars so white hashtag that was happening last year. And it's until you get the voting bodies of those organizations to be more in line with the the population that they're serving, this is going to keep Beautiful. happening. I, I fully agree with you, Steve. Um, and Beyonce's never won record or album of the year ever, by the That's way. like... Yeah, that shocking, right? Um, but I think that's like... Yeah, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if we had um, p- bodies of people that were voting for things that actually reflected populations? So I'm going to do it. I'm doing the Trudeau thing. Trudeau picked his cabinet and based it upon the population at hand that they served so that there would be a diversity that was equal to or as equal as he could make it to what the population is in Canada. So it would reflect that by percentage. Mm. Oh, we're doing that in the United States too. <laughs> oh wait, no. Oh wait, no, we're not. Yeah. Oh wait, oh, <laughs> pretty wait. much the opposite of that. <laughs> and she didn't. Movie. I looked it up. I I was all excited because I was like, oh, Adele broke her her Grammy in half and gave half to a Beyonce, and then I read that that's not actually true. So I was all yeah, excited. Yeah, broke, and then, but I don't think she ever gave it. No, away. I, there's a video of her actually like picking up a fixed one. <laughs> so, yeah, she kept it. Um, she thought she should have won, but she kept it anyways. 
when the when Beyonce's uh, twin, whenever the announcement of Beyonce's twins came out, um, there was a, a tweet going around that said that <laughs> it's really sad that there are more people of color inside Beyonce than there are in Trump's cabinet. <laughs> and that's where we are in the world. Um, <laughs> Jessica, do you have anything to add to this, or would we would we want to move right along to our next topic? No, I mean it's a terrible shame. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. It's so bad. I'm feeling for Kanye West from a few years ago when he <laughs> hopped up on that stage and said, you know, and shoved Taylor Smith Smith. What am I saying? Taylor Swift out of the way a little bit to say that Beyonce is great. I had had she gotten the recognition at any point that she deserves he well he probably still would have done that (laughs) like if you're making me feel sympathy like right like really feel simpatico with kanye west right like i got a problem with that amen amen (laughs) yes you're saying everything that's in my heart because it's so true (laughs) like i cannot stand kanye west in any sense of the word but yes it's like dang i need to kanye this situation (laughs) adele kanye the situation she did to herself she self adele as christina warren puts it um so yeah that yeah, it's preposterous. Um, but moving right along, what's not preposterous, but is instead really awesome. Uh, the San Diego Girl Scouts are working with design code build to create a platformer that works on Scratch, on web, on iOS, and on Android, and it's got the most adorable little marshmallow characters, uh, as well as some of the other cookies that are in, um, you know, that, that you know of. So I, I don't know, is Thin Mint going to be represented in this? Because Thin Mints are the best, um, and no, we can disagree not. on that. That's fine. There are more things than Thin Mints in your imagination. Micah there. I just there are, love mints. I love minty things, minty everything. So that's why I like thin mints. You, you, but, need, uh, to be, you need to be introduced to the wider constellation of Girl Scout cookies. But that's another discussion for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could, we could talk about that some other time. Uh, no, it's really awesome. Um, basically, you know, actually Girl Scouts around the country, uh, there is a lot of push for more uh, STEM topics and activities and um, interest areas and patches or badges. Well, I don't know exactly what they're called. Yeah, they're badges. Um, badges. And I think that's fantastic. And this is uh, one way that they are taking it and running with it. Uh, but we've, we've got to get the goal up. So they are working toward $25,000. And right wow. now they have $5,800. There are 156 people backing the project with 10 days to go. Uh, but the goal is to make a game that is on like every platform ever practically, uh, which is super cool. And I can't stress enough how adorable these little characters are. So um, we will, of course, include a show note. But yeah, let's let's talk about this game and uh, all these these STEM topics for the Girl Scouts. The reason that I wanted to bring this up on the show is because I actually saw this the first time, thought that it was yet another video game Kickstarter and didn't even click through to it. And it wasn't until oh. I started seeing uh, people after there was a, a Kickstarter for a new version for, of Twitterific for Mac – um, that that came out this week, and I saw um, I, I saw some people tweeting 
like, well, you guys can go fund a Kickstarter for a Twitter client, but Girl Scouts learning to code, you know, that sits idly by. And that's when I went and did it. I had to take do like three Google, three Google searches to find it. Whoa. Um, so it's really so, buried. Yeah. And I mean, because when I saw it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's another video game. I don't, you know, I'm not doing any more video game Kickstarters. Video I'm, game still waiting Kickstarters for, yeah. I'm still waiting for the ones that I've backed to actually come to fruition. Um, but this is actually the, the game is the least important part of it. What's yeah. really important is that they're going to be designing a whole curriculum to be able to teach Girl Scouts how to code. And then the end <laughs> result is going to be this this video game. It's kind of like an app camp for girls. Uh, for the Girl Scouts. So th- this is a really – and so they're going to be using Scratch, which is kind of the, the go-to language for beginning programming. And they're going to be teaching them how to do an entire video game from start to finish, including all the math and the, and science in terms of physics and and you know making the characters – behave properly and all the different steps that it takes to be able to actually build a game from from scratch Uh, from scratch in scratch so um Mm -hmm. i i I just wanted to make sure that we were able to highlight it and try to get them a little bit closer to their goal because they're only a fifth of the way there when you hear this there will still be a week left in the kickstarter and it would be really great i am a little bit selfish because all three of my girls do girl scouts Mm -hmm. my daughter actually went to a stem a, a a full day like stem uh, I don't know. It's not really a workshop. It's more of like a symposium or whatever or conference. I don't know what the hell it is. Um, but where the, she got to do different things like kitchen chemistry and uh, the very beginning of game programming, but not enough to actually get anything that she could come home with. But I, I would like to think that if this works in this is the Girl Scouts of San Diego who are doing this. I'd like to think that if they're successful with this, they'll be able to expand it to other Girl Scout um, councils throughout the country and the Girl Scouts are really doing a lot of good work in this regard. They are the absolute opposite of the Boy Scouts, which we don't need to talk about. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I just want to encourage everyone to go and to go in and back this and try to get them to their goal. That's excellent. So what do what would someone be able to do if they wanted to support? It would be just head to our show notes and then yeah, follow I'll the put links. A link in the show. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes and fifteen dollars will get you like a shout out. Or I guess it's not fifteen anymore. It's uh twenty-five dollars will get you a shout out and they have t-shirts you can buy. And you know, I mean it's like any other Kickstarter, they have a whole bunch of different levels. But I mean at the end of the day, whatever it's it's different than a lot of other Kickstarters because you're not actually there to get the end product. You really are just trying to fund this uh, you know this curriculum so that these girls can can get this head start in in programming yeah. it's also important to note that this is an all or nothing campaign so yeah. if it does not uh reach its goal uh it they, they won't be getting any of the money and i hope Oof. i hope that they will do you know if, if this is unsuccessful i hope that they can uh kick it over to indiegogo where they are it gets easier to set up a campaign that's not just all or nothing because any money that could go toward this is uh would be awesome yeah yeah Yeah. i mean like i was a little bit uh you know disappointed with the way that it happened because like i like i said i saw it scroll through my twitter feed the day a couple days before and i didn't even give it a second thought so like uh, you know i don't 
uh, we don't need another Kickstarter for a mobile game. No offense, Jessica, but it's like <laughs> no, it's true. It, it like if you don't know what it is, you're like, what is this trash game? And you scroll yeah. right past. Yeah, <laughs> what is this trash game? Yeah, I like and, and, you know, so it's. I mean, it looked cute, but it's like I'm not. I'm not backing another Kickstarter. Like, go away. But then when I realized what it was, that's when I. That's when I got interested, and I, I'm probably not the only one who who did that. So I wanted to make sure that to bring that to your attention, so that you can go and and maybe spread the word about it, so some other people can find out about it too. Right. I charge you, disruption listeners, <laughs> as your guest host this week. I charge you to fund this project. And You've also heard buy it. cookie. Also buy lots of cookies from your local right. Girl Scout because Definitely. they're delicious. You've heard from Judge Jessica. <laughs> buy and, and cookies, I, not popcorn. And yeah, that popcorn's make this terrible. Campaign oh yeah, funded. no. I I was a Boy Scout for several years. I ate a lot of that popcorn because Ugh. we very rarely sold any of it. And that popcorn is not. that popcorn is subpar. Let me tell you. But My mother was a weevilo. It was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. But the. And, and you know, you can actually go by from multiple Girl Scouts because you, you may not know this. This is some inside Girl Scout cookie dirt that I'm going to sling with you right Ooh. now. There are multiple bakeries. Yes. And they, and they make different cookies. And Jessica, ha- I will, I will <laughs> admit to you on the show that the lemonades are, in fact, superior th- right? to the Savannah Smiles. They are so good. Oh, I like those. Yeah, we have to go to a different council which to get our Girl Scout gear, which is in, which sells from a different bakery. We sell the Savannah Smiles. This other one sells the lemonades. I got a an illicit pack of lemonades <laughs> from the uh, the Girl Scout shop, and they are in fact superior. They're more of like a, an iced lemon cookie, the lemonades, as opposed to the Savannah Smile, which are like a half moon. Um, covered with powdered sugar, which are also delicious. Right, and, they're good. And if you happen to be someone who would buy them from my daughter in it locally, um, you could please do buy lots of them. But <laughs> um, but they are they are in fact inferior to the lemonades. So and yep. the so other bakery also has smiles. s'mores cookies, which we're not getting, which is very disappointing. Um, so. Well, you guys have a different version of the s'mores cookies, but they're only available. See, I know a lot, way too much about Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have multiple Girl Scout hookups. I I of course buy from. Steve's girls, but also I have a California friend because it seems like so there's little brownie bakers who have a practical stranglehold on most of the East Coast, and then there's ABC bakers, which is more predominant in California. So, and they some of them they have they have the same cookies, like they they both have thin mints. They have they call them caramel delights in California, and there's Samoas here now. Samoas is correct. I'm sorry, it's just it is. That's why I, grew I up think with. I've had caramel delights. So you, some remember. of them are the same, and then right. some of them are completely different. I mean, caramel delights and Samoas, like the like the classic cookies that everybody knows, are generally the same. And then they have like these, they do like A B testing with some of these other like off flavors that are completely different. So like we had like a a cafe a cafe au lait or dolce de leche or whatever a couple years ago that was was not. Not exciting, and I'm glad yeah, that we're not taking them anymore. You guys have a gluten-free one that's actually pretty good, but it's very messy because it's very crumbly. It's like a, a it's got little toffee bits in it. I do recommend mm. that one, um, but it is a mess. So you will have crumbs all over you and everything within a five foot radius. <laughs> yeah, but then you're just sharing the love. That's all with ants. But yes, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> it's it's. I live in Boston. There are no ants because they're all that's dead true. and frozen. You're sharing true. the love or covered with in ants. three feet of snow. Ugh. Yeah. 
Well, that is uh, all the cookie knowledge you need, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had no idea we had a, a, a Girl Scout cookie pro on the show. We should have uh, should have <laughs> tested your knowledge. Perhaps in the future we'll have you for a quiz. Uh, if you would like to get in touch so that you can leave questions that we play live on the show, well, pre-recorded on the show. Here's how you could do that. Give us a call at 508-418-3532. That's 508-418-3532 to leave a voicemail. Or tweet at us at underscore disruption FM. Please hashtag that with the hashtag disrupt me. Or go ahead and send us a direct message if you'd rather keep it private. As always, please do let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we default to anonymous. Go review the show on iTunes next Next week, I will hopefully have some new reviews from all of you fine folks. Please, we need reviews. We do. And we might actually have some. I haven't had a chance to look yet, but uh, we'll save it for when when Bree is back. Uh, So if you have reviewed the show, thank you. If you have not, go make it happen now. Yeah, no thank you for you. For every person who does not leave a review, I will set fire to a box of Girl Scout cookies. (gasps) Whoa. Hopefully you've eaten them first. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just the box, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. If you want to find the show notes with all of the uh, articles and things like that that we talked about today, you could go to relay.fm slash disruption. If you are looking for me, you can find me at www.chihuahua.coffee or at Micah Sargent on Twitter. Steve? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me uh, smuggling illicit Girl Scout cookies over the county line. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll put a plug out for multiball.net, which is my site, which I actually may post something to shortly because I'm actually working on a blog post, which is like rare for me. So I oh, this, is, this is my way of either motivating myself to do it or giving myself <laughs> something, something to edit out at the end of the show if I don't do it. Uh, <laughs> yes. You can't cheat. Um, yeah, it's, it's stuck in there now. Don't you know? Don't you know? I, I had an incident this week that led me to some very deep thoughts about Apple Music that we may I may ask Ooh. us to talk about in more depth next week if I actually finish mm. writing this blog post. I am looking forward to that. Well, yeah. if, uh, and, if we and were you can also and, oh, and you can also find me on Twitter at Wicked Good. Oh yeah, sorry yeah. about that, Wicked Good. <laughs> uh, if if we were here and not at Disney, you would be able to find her at Space Cat Gal and Judge Jessica Dennis. Where can people find you? I'm at Jessica Dennis on Twitter. Um, I also have a very almost never updated Tumblr at uh, jessicadennis.me because I bought that forever ago. You can listen to me weekly on uh, the Unconsolable podcast. That's esn.fm slash unconsolable. Or uh, if you want to listen to my back episodes of Totally Uncool, um, which I shamefully stopped making like a while ago, uh, you can do that at esn.fm slash uncool. You should just drag your friend Bob out of retirement. and You uh, know, he has more stories, and I need to re-record the episode with my dad because, like, we recorded it twice. The first one was really good, but the recording, like, screwed up, and it was horrible and lost forever, and it made me very sad. Mm-hmm. And the second one just wasn't good. It just wasn't a good recording. So. Oh, did you also re- upgrade to Sierra and then mess up all your mic settings? <laughs> no, it was, it, we were just both, like, tired and stuff, so it was just boring. I don't know. And last, but certainly not least, the queen of the dash and the underscore, Georgia Dow. If people are looking for you, where can they find you? Well, unfortunately, it's with a dash and an underscore. Um, If you're dealing (laughs) with anxiety, boundary problems with people, parenting, sleep issues, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. And, of course, I'm on Twitter. It's uh, at Georgia underscore Dow. 
Don't chuckle. Everyone. Don't chuckle. <laughs> hey, there was no laughs. I was going to say oh. everyone here in the U.S. Uh, is a potential customer for your show, for <laughs> yeah, your no uh, anxiety videos. <laughs> so go check those out if you're feeling a little uh, ambivalent about the U.S. Mm. Uh, <laughs> all that's left is for Steve to round out the show the way he does every week. So, Steve, take it away. Go. We're done. Go ride Soren and have some joy in your life. Go. Soren. We're done. <laughs> Bye. The Eye of Soren.